Since 1972, Braun Industries has been a custom ambulance manufacturer focused on safety, quality, and innovation. Each Braun module is unique well beyond the chassis it's built on. With six ambulance models, limitless features, and all customizable options, let Braun assist you in designing the perfect custom ambulance to suit your needs. Learn more at www.braunambulances.com. Is your fire department prepared to face challenges like the turbulent economy, recruiting and retention, and funding? Level up and get the training and strategies you need on the issues that matter most at WAVE 2023. Featuring ESO Training Academy on April 11th through the 14th, 2023 in Austin, Texas. ESO, a leading provider of fire RMS and EPCR software, brings together national industry leaders, quality training, and experienced fire and EMS professionals for a unique conference experience that will inspire you to drive change within your organization and prepare for 2023's challenges. For a limited time, our listeners can use the discount code FIRETRUCK to save $100 on a full four-day conference pass. Don't miss this opportunity to learn from some of the nation's top experts in emergency services. Visit ESOWave.com to register today. That's E-S-O-W-A-V-E.com. See you in Austin on April 11th through the 14th, 2023. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, empowered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash flex7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Alrighty, thanks Pete. Hey everybody, welcome back to our Fire Engineering Podcast, our hump day hangout. Uh, the issues and challenges of today's uh, fire service. I'm Rick Plasky, and, and I happen to be uh, uh, streaming live from the Cleveland International Airport, Cleveland, Ohio, where everybody leaves everything back at the TSA uh, security gates. So they announce continuously about all the coats and phones and everything else that people are leaving back. But uh, I'm joined by my, my, my buddy, my, my co-host, uh, uh, my partner in crime, uh, Chief Terry McGrath. Um, I don't know if he's with us yet, but Chief John Salt is going to be joining us. And we've got uh, Chief Curtis Burt, a longtime friend and buddy and good, good friend uh, with us. Curtis, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, no, this is, this is, this is great, pal. And um, uh, uh, Chief David Rhodes, uh, the boss, he's uh, actually filming with Diane and I think Mike Champo. They're, they're, they're doing some videos for fire engineering. So uh, David won't be with us. But uh, uh, just a reminder, if you have any comments, uh, make sure you had hashtag FE talk. Uh, so we can grab them if you have any questions and, and throw them out there to our group. We always do the best we can uh, when it comes to that. Uh, one of the reminders we want to start off with is FDIC is right around the corner at the end of next month. Make sure you're signing up. A lot of hot classes are filling up, uh, so don't waste any time because you're going to miss out. Uh, it happens every every year. Curtis, you and I, we've been we, we went there for years and years. You remember how 
if you don't sign up right away, then guys get all disappointed. They show up and they're like, I want to get into that hot class and I can't. So uh, if, if you're going, folks, make sure you, you get online and uh, they'll take care of you and get registered for those classes. Uh, it's going to be another another incredible year. Um, I know we're doing, John and I are doing, uh, organizing the fire round for our workshop on Monday, uh, three degrees of beta on Wednesday. And then Wednesday, our after hours program, uh, which cons uh, has consisted of obviously myself, John Salkin, John Norman, Bill Gustin, and Chief Bobby Halton. Uh, this year, uh, we're dedicating that that show, that program, uh, in his memory. We're going to have uh, uh, a memorial for him. Uh, his family's going to be there, Marsha and the kids. And uh, uh, we're going to celebrate celebrate the life of Chief Bobby Halton, which uh, uh, what an absolutely incredible, incredible man. And uh, we, we, could, we could take weeks and uh, not cover everything that, that, that he did for the fire service and continue to do with the fire service. We all miss Bobby. So if you could, if you're there, make sure you stick around Wednesday uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're going to have a very funny tribute to an incredible person. Uh, so make sure you do that. But uh, anyway, Terry, how you doing, buddy? How's things are with the, the, the gigantic, uh, what is it like $700 million public safety center? How's that going? Yep, no, it's uh, things are rolling along. So, you know, we moved into a building that we're going to share with the police department. And uh, so they moved property, uh, the property room yesterday. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, this uh, building has an interesting odor to it now once they moved all <laughs> the products in here. Uh, no, everything's going good. Hey, Chief, I wanted to just take a second and shout out to Darren Murray. Uh, I don't know if you saw that on, on social media, but uh, Darren got admitted into the hospital. Um, so he's got some struggles that, that he's dealing with, um, uh, lots of, uh, close family and, uh, all of our guys are rallying around him as, as, uh, as he, uh, fights this deal. And last night was a, was a bittersweet moment. His son works in, uh, I think it's Anna fire department, but he graduated from primary school last night. So we were able to send a contingent over there to graduation to, to, to prop care it up, support him, support, uh, support Darren and Jenny and, and, uh, and FaceTime it for Darren so that, you know, he could at least, uh, uh enjoy that moment. But, uh, I just want to send a shout out to Darren. And, and I know well, that, thoughts, uh, thoughts and prayers to, to Darren. Um, for those that have ever, uh, been through my program, Pride and Ownership or read the book, if you have uh, his pictures in a couple of different places and his artwork, uh, he did all the logos for Louisville. You know how, how much I, I love the logos and I always mentioned Darren, uh, I actually mentioned Darren in a couple of different places, Terry. Uh, we had, uh, sadly, the, the fatal uh, uh, residential fire with the two kids, and uh, he was on the nozzle. That's Richard Lee was trying to work his way to that back room to get to the kids. And I looked at Darren. I said, uh, put your captain out. He said, pull him out. I said, no, put him out, because Richard was setting himself on fire trying to get back to those kids. Because, you know, it's when you, when you make your money, you know, you earn your pay. But Darren, Darren's. I'll tell you, Darren is a incredible family man, great guy, and uh, Curtis, you know the feeling. Um, uh, we just talked about it uh, in Ohio here. One of the few, <laughs> and I mean few times you can enjoy being a fire chief is get to tell people to get promoted. And uh, T, I don't know if you remember Terry what I what I did to Darren um, when we found out he was. I think the list was expiring on like Tuesday. Uh, like Monday or that, I was out with Emily softball at McKinney. It was a Saturday, and uh, and 
we, we had a retirement and uh, he was going to get the driver engineer's position. And I call him and it's about nine in the morning or eight, eight thirty in the morning, it's Saturday. And Jenny answered the phone and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. Oh, no, no, chief. We, we were up. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. It sounded like you guys were up. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Darren gets on the phone. I said, how you doing, buddy? He says, fine. I said, uh, hey, I want to be the one to call you because I, I know how much it means to you. Just, I feel so bad that you're sitting number one on that list and the list is going to expire next week. And, um, you know, I just, I didn't want to ruin your Saturday. But uh, what I actually want to do is call you and tell you, uh, congratulations, you're getting promoted. And he goes, you, you, you kidding me? You're serious? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I, I, I hated doing that to you. But, well, no, I kind of like doing that. It was, <laughs> it was fun uh, to be able to call him on a weekend and uh, hear the excitement in his voice. And uh, that's a very happy moment for me with Darren Murray was we will do that for him, uh, especially when you're that close to thinking, you know, I sat on this thing for two years and it's going away. Um, so that was, that was, that was a cool moment to, to be able to promote a great guy. So, um, but I don't know if John joined us yet or if he was able to or not. Um, but Terry and Curtis, let's, let's talk about this. The topic about why we train um, this, this, this came up the other day when a couple of us were talking about, you know, um, once in a while you get a chief or someone will say, Hey, I really need you to, to hit on our guys about training. Our company officers need to really, you know, they're not as enthusiastic about getting out with the troops anymore, or, you know, guys don't want to do the basics or, uh, you know, there's just, you know, we find other things to do. And, uh, you've heard me say it several times, um, uh, you know, um, where Leo Stapleton said it years ago that God, God, God rest Leo. We, passed away a little while back in his 90s was incredible commissioner from boston and uh curtis you may remember it but he, he was speaking before me he was back in 96 at fdic and um you know he got out there and he he, he said he goes i see this year's I see this year's theme is back to the basics he goes uh, back to the basics he goes what why, why, why do we leave him in the first place we're really not that good at him. actually kind of suck at him and he put one slide up terry with 12 bullet points, and it was all the things we sucked at. Stretch and hose, search and rescue, SCBAs, force entry ladders. Throwing ladders. Yeah, yeah, and he was right because, so so Curtis, let me, let me throw this one to you. Um, uh, you know, we've been running together a long time, you and I, that since 94 uh, yeah. up in Illinois. You were you were one of the first instructors with us for Save and Roam. Um, you were, I mean, I say one of the first, you were one of the first. Uh, and I know how you feel about training. Um, you know, you're down in Pearland, right? So for, for our viewers, Kurt's uh, uh, the ops chief down in Pearland working for Chief Taylor, another great boss. Um, but all the years you've been chiefing at Curtis, all the years you're teaching at U of I, um, you know, how, how, to, how do you promote, I don't want to say enforce, how do you promote uh, the whole aspect? And some people say, well, why would you have to promote it? The importance of training and what that means for us. Because we're in a job that, we talked about high stakes occupation. There are no do-overs in the fire service. We, we don't get any do-overs. This ain't like a birth of pizza and I want to make a new one. We, you know, we have people that end up hurt, crippled, dead, citizens. Whatever. There are no do-overs for us. So training is paramount. So how do you sell to the troops uh, when maybe they may not be as enthusiastic about uh, uh, getting out and doing it? I think the biggest thing is, especially as chief officers and People run a fire department. You got to show that it's important to you and give it the respect and the the priority that it needs. Um, 
if the Chiefs are just sending everybody off to training and making it a half-assed adventure, then the guys are going to know that. I mean, the guys are going to know when you don't take it seriously, when you don't think it's a priority. And we here make it, I just sent out another kind of reminder email that I kind of do to all my folks and especially my battalions every is, here's your priorities today, run calls and train. All the rest of the stuff we can take care of later. Um, we need to get out there. We need to get in the public. We need to train. We need to do, I'm kind of not a back to the basics person either because I think we should be doing that all the time anyway. So, but you have to put the effort, especially as chiefs is showing how important it is and you need to put the resources and you need to be arguing it during budget season about how much training is important and what it does. And you have to make it life and death sometimes, but we come out there and you see the chiefs out at training all the time. We really talk to the company officers a lot about doing their own training. Um, and then we just support them and our training division gives them a lot of resources to do it. So, well, and, and, you, and you're, and you're fortunately, God bless you. You're in a great place with a great boss. Oh, we were just down there. One of the best classes we had in a long time was with, yeah, with, it was with awesome. John and I was just phenomenal. Um, and, and you've been instrumental in creating tra training programs for, for nationally, not just Illinois when you're out there in Texas. Um, so, you know, I kind of go, well, it's kind of easy. And my, my good buddy Curtis talked about because he, he lives, eats and breathes and understands it. Uh, sometimes I just think that the, the message doesn't get out there. Sometimes I think uh, a lot of the troops uh, kind of get the, uh, or the volunteers that, you know, they may, it's it's easy for them to pick and choose drill nights because they don't want to come up for NCBA night, but they still want to make the structure fires. Um, you know, the career guys that find it easier to, I will blow it off for today and not get back to it instead of making training a priority. Um, Terry, uh, you guys are actually, not only do you make training a priority in Louisville, uh, Texas, I mean, you're adding on tremendously. You're, you're re, pretty much rebuilding or adding to your training center. And you just you just held probably the best all saws class in the country again several days with that. Um, talk, talk about talk, talk about those two things for a moment. I mean, you know, uh, it, it wasn't an easy sell, but you guys are putting between you and two other agents like thirty million dollars into this training facility, which you already had a lot of money. Yeah, so we um, we realized our our tower was a little bit long in the tooth, so we realized we needed to do something there. And of course, you know, I mean, like anyone, it, it, everything comes down to money. People get tired of hearing that, but that's the reality, right? Everything that we do. So, you know, you got to place a priority and you've got you to figure out what's the best way to accommodate all the things you need to accommodate. And, and you've got a, a, a limited or a fixed amount of funding to do that. So on the training field side, uh, you know, we approached our neighbor to the, to the west, Flower Mound, uh, we actually approached about five different entities, including the, the college here, the junior college that has a fire program. And uh, so we started, you know, having uh, conversations about, is anyone interested in, in, in partnering with us? Because we're trying to get the most bang for our buck. And if we went at this, I think, with just the city of Louisville, at the time that we uh, decided to, to, to open the door on this project, you know, I think we would be very limited in what what our capabilities would be at the end of this project because we would be limited by funding. So in, in order to we, when we went out and secured some partnerships on Flower Mountain Highland Village uh, to come in and they're partners with us. Um, you know, the, the, the obvious advantage to this chief, you know, this and, and Curtis knows this. We've all worked in this area. Those are two departments that we work. I don't want to say daily, 
but we work with them weekly uh, in, in one capacity or the other. So um, we, we, our tactics are, are, are the same, if not so similar, it's, it's, it's indistinguishable. Um, we had a fire a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact, that, that Flower Mound was on our border. They saw the header, uh, and I think they had the first engine on. And, and that doesn't trip our operations up one bit. It's just, it's just uh, that's another crew. And so, um, so the, the, the benefits uh, are, are not just the economic benefits, but the economic or the, the benefits of, of all these departments coming together and being able to train together. Um, and, and the things that we do are the things that they do. So there's, there's those benefits. But the other thing, and I think the biggest part of this is being able to bring adequate funding in, because you guys know if, if we didn't have a partnership and we had to go at this project with half the amount of money, once we, once we sign that PO and we're done with that project, listen, you're not touching this again for another, you know, I mean, if you were able to update it in 10 years, great, but realistically 2025. So it was important for us to be able to go into this project and get what we needed out of this. Uh, and, and that was one way to do it. So we're building uh, actually two different, we hired a consultant, uh, a guy that just does training, uh, training facilities. And, and he came at us and said, hey, instead of building this big building that, that is largely representative of commercial and, and it had the apartment props and it had the residential props, but certainly the exterior of this building looks like a, a larger commercial. He said, build a, drop a, a floor and a half of that off, build that commercial part, and let's build a separate structure that's a, that's a two-story house. That's your bread and butter in, this, in, in all three of our communities. We hadn't considered that. It was an excellent idea. And so, and that's one of the benefits we're getting. So now it, it, this is a, a, a gas-fed uh, facility. So there's a lot of benefits to that. I understand there's a few drawbacks, but, but we're trying to, to mitigate that with the Class A burns. But we're going to come up with two structures that we can have simultaneous training going on at both of those at the same time. But really, when you think about it and what we're able to do with this, with this residential structure is, I mean, that is probably 80% of what we're doing, our our day-to-day our, uh, -day as far as uh, working structure fires are in uh, residential um, residential homes. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, this project is, is in, and we hope to break ground here in the next 60 to 90 days. Um, we're excited about it. And, and again, the ability to bring in, um, you know, the, the other two agencies, I think it just, uh, it, it, it boosts our ability, uh, our, our instructor pool. Um, it, it, there's a lot of benefits to this. So we're excited about it. I know Flower Mound's excited about it. And, uh, and again, we're, uh, we're, um, you know, if, 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 if anybody is, is thinking about that kind of a model, I, I encourage it because I think at the end of the day, the ability on any given day, for example, our crews are down there today. We, we, in, in what you said earlier about, um, about um, the basics. So we, we titled ours, Keeping Basics Alive. Um, and that's actually very nice. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're at the training field and they're just working on the, the you know, the necessary skills. We're, we're not, uh, we're not down there, you know, repelling off the building and with a nozzle in our hand and, and, and doing anything crazy right now there's time for that. And, and we have those type of programs as well, but today, this week, it's all about coming down and, and, Hey, I know you guys can pull that line. Let's pull it down here and let's 
get the kinks out, get the, you know, it's, it's, it's like your walkthrough, like, you know, when you, when you make the analogy for football, it's a walkthrough. Um, and, and so we're down there and, and just keeping the, keeping the, the, you know, the motor primed, if you will. And, uh, and it's an excellent opportunity for these guys to get down there. But the other uh, huge benefit to doing this is, is the confidence. It's, it's confidence, you know, uh, we gotta, we gotta get the barriers down so that people come in here, they feel comfortable. Uh, it's okay to make a mistake. Let's make them here. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's what I think the overall goal of, of these drills this week is. Well, and, and I, you know, and I, I had to sign off and come back real quick, but I heard uh, pretty much everything to you. Um, you know, all that time when we would do the, the big five, we called them, you know, where once a quarter, you, you, everybody, once a quarter, so four times a year, you had to do a hose evolution, a ladder evolution, SCBA drill, a ritual, live bird drill, just to kind of, and I, I, I tell people, look, if you're with the state, don't get mad at me, but I can't remember the last time we did shoots and ladders, you know, salvage covers, because salvage covers have to save the firefighter's life. But stretching a line, throwing a ladder, wearing to be a dragon a firefighter now has. And if you could do that stuff good, you know, our overall our overall picture ends up, you know, uh, a lot a lot better uh, than what we hang on the wall at the end of the day. Um, but when we talk about talk about the basics, the all saws class um, that you guys just did, uh, that Seth Taylor, Captain Seth Taylor, oh my God, uh, some of our volunteers from Wichita West went through there, phenomenal. And you talk about basics, but pretty, pretty, pretty incredible, T. Yeah, and, 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 you know, the other thing is the, the overwhelming amount of talent that you have in your organization, and I'm speaking to anyone. I think there are some, and, 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 and I've, I've seen this personally, but, you know, there's administrations out there that don't recognize or don't tap that talent. Seth Taylor is a prime example of that. That that guy has brought so much to this organization. It puts us on. I mean, there's so much benefit that you can look at it from fire administration standpoint of a recruiting tool, and a, and it puts us on the map. People know who we are. It's nice to go down there and see a training field full of people from all over the state. And oh. They're here, and 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 he's been doing that since since this program. And so uh, that that program, it it's one of those that fills up. Uh, as soon as we post it, and then as soon as we're done with the last day, everyone is like, when is the next one? Um, and, and, you know, I, I love going down there and walking around and just stopping at the different skill stations because, um, again, it, you know, you, we all spend so much time sitting in the office, right? And it's, a great, it's always a great refreshing. <laughs> Plus, it's an opportunity for me to go down there and go, what, what is he doing over there? Right? And so – uh, you know, it, again, it's that comfortable environment that I can get out and, and, and actually, you know, watch, watch the guys work, watch the techniques. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And I encourage any of you out there that your people will have great ideas. I think your fundamental role in administration is figuring out how to make it work. Uh, if you listen to them, if you, if yeah. you're willing to listen, and Terry, it goes back to John and I talk about this all the time. I know you just joined us. You know, seeking out and using it, like you said, the talents of everybody. You look around the firehouse. I always, I always compare them to like um, the millwrights in a in a factory. In fact, you go to a response, which your emergency response team build, like a warehouse factory, you know, whatever, and the response team responds to you from the industry there. And you go, okay, who are my millwrights? Because the millwright millwright can run anything. They can run every machine. They can run everything. 
you look around your firehouse too, just like you said, we have people, we have school teachers, we've got electricians, we have plumbers, we have all kinds of, it's just unbelievable. The people, the talent we have, and what's, it's, what I think is kind of sad is, and, and you, you hinted towards it, we don't use it. We don't seek out the talented people. We, we rely on one training officer to do all the training, all the stuff. Instead of using different folks and their abilities and their skills and their talents, um, I think it's an absolute waste not to do that. And you, you've got so many guys there that just jump in there, come up with ideas and do things. Curtis has them. You know, that's been our whole live, uh, our lives together since we've been together is, we're we're the we're the ones that push everything. You wouldn't have a the shark tank, a, sw- a swimming pool behind station two for your divers to train in if it wasn't for a captain saying, "Can't we do that back here for our guys?" I mean, it's kind of you're like, no, and then you go, yeah. And next thing you know, you've got it. Um, uh, is John st- John? You still with us? Yep. Okay, so um, I, I talked about this in class the past couple of days. We're talking about, you know, why we train it. And obviously you and I talked about this this morning before you headed back from, from Cleveland, but you can see me out in the airport still. I'm not laying on the pavement. I'm not like, you know, um, and I'm not next to like the, the, the correctional center wall here. John, I talk about, and I know, you know, if you could stop being modest for a second, because um, you're very good that way about not taking credit for stuff. But there's, there's a document, a quote that people are throwing around. It's been out there like a thousand times that I've seen it on social media. And a lot of guys will take your quotes and they'll put it like poster format. And one of those FDNY uh, group uh, Facebook pages did it. And, and help me out with the wording because I think it's I think it's some of the lines of if you're a company officer and you're not trading your guys every day, uh, you're not doing your damn job. I, mean, I hear you say in class all the time. About That's it. You just said you're not doing your job. If you're not training every day, you're not doing your job. And just like that Chief Joe that we were just with, right? It, it, yeah. it's, he, he's wrestling with that, you know, like a lot of other people. And I wrestle with it too. I can't believe that there's that, that that one thing is so aversive to so many people. So many people just want to, so many guys, so many officers just want to hang and relax. And it's not like they don't like the job or they don't love the job or they're not into the job. For some reason, training has, it's, it's like it's got some kind of an odor. It's got like some kind of a negative connotation to it. And there's, there's even some good guys that just don't like training. They're, ah, you know, we're busy. We run around here. We're good. We relax. We have fun in the firehouse. And I just don't, I just really don't know what it is. I mean, there are places that have successful, fantastic training programs because they put some money and time into it and, and they have some right. facilities and they have some programs and they have some tools and you know, listen, you go get that forcible entry simulator, you go get, you build that roof cutting simulator, you put stuff like that up, that's going to increase your, your, your training time compared to not, compared to not doing that and telling, oh, you look up stuff online or, or, or I even told him the other day about the, you know, about the engineering, you know, the, the, the video library, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, the video streaming library. That single thing, that single item right there could change the training of, of, a, of a small or even medium-sized fire department forever if they just, you know, subscribe to that and started using it. But once again, you got to do it. Somebody's got to go and stop by. Somebody's got to stop by and check and make sure they're drilling and, you know, have an assigned drill time so the chief can stop by at the assigned drill time and he doesn't have to call up to a ranger visit, which, of course, they would be training for. So it, it still does it, – it, it just baffles me why training is such an arm wrestle to, to get people to really – they love fighting fires. They love running around with the rig. They love doing all that stuff. But talk about training, and it's like, 
oh, well, you know, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. Well, and, and I, I want to, I'm going to make this point. You made me think about it because you and I just talked about it in the car ride to the airport this morning with Chief Joe Podesty. It was, was, you know, for a while, several years ago, a bunch of years ago, I think a lot of us in our, in our circle of friends, Curtis, Terry, you you know, David, we were, we were, we were, we were kind of, I think we were a little bit worried and concerned because everybody was getting away from the hands-on basics, training, doing everything like that. And we were more into what was fancy and sexy and all that stuff. And I, I say, you know, jumping out of helicopters or carabiners kind of stuff. And um, all of a sudden now, all over TikTok and Instagram and, and YouTube and all over fireengineering.com, man, there's guys out there stretching hose, doing nozzle classes, fourth century classes, ventilation. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't go to social media. I'll see the video of someone doing the stuff that we used to do a long time ago. Going, finally, I think we we made it. We turned the corner, and we're back to doing that stuff. Curtis, you know, we were just down by you, and, and some of your guys were talking about that stuff. You're in an area where, you know, they're out there, you know stretching lines and, and, and cutting and forcing doors and doing stuff. Um, are you see, I mean, you're seeing that in the Houston area, right? Down in, down in, in Pearland with the resurgence of people getting out and actually doing hands-on training again with their people. Yeah. And that's what we, we really pushed that a lot. We've got our training center here. We just got done with our second burn tower out at the field. And we, we asked the folks out in the streets, what do you guys need to get better? Ask the company officers, what do you want to train them? You know, and then we create props. We're getting ready to put a water mapping prop. We've got six forcible entry doors out there. We've got all kinds of stuff, but we did it. And one of the things that we really did to keep it fresh and to keep so that we know really what people from all level are needing is I've got a training committee of 30 guys. I got 140 on the street and 30 of them are on a training committee. So every shift, wow. every rank, everybody, once a month we get together and we create training for the next couple months and then for the whole year. And everybody shows us our weaknesses, what we're good at, what they could bring to us. They may know somebody that they met at a conference that we can bring in. You know, we just brought you two guys in. Um, so it's keeping it fresh, keeping it moving around. We change that group out every other year just to keep it fresh and to keep all the stuff that's going on in the street to the training division so that the training chief can put some good programs out there. But we also well, make it so that it's it's easy to use. We don't say, all right, you have to go and sit at the table and you got to study this for three hours. It can't be two minutes and 59 seconds. It's got to be three hours. Make training be what the guys need. When they get it after a half an hour, guess what? They got it. We don't need to be out there pulling lines in hundred degree weather just because I said you got to pull it six times. When they're good, they're good. Let's move on to something else. Make training enjoyable. Don't make it so that it's like John was saying, it's a pain in the butt. You know, make it fun, make it interesting. You know, the Chiefs stop by, they play with the guys, they joke, they have fun, but we show them how important it is. And I think that's really important. Well, I think that concept of having that big training committee is a great, great, great idea because now you have all those people that have a stake in training. It's not everybody Absolutely. sitting out engine two and ladder one thing. Gee, I wonder what we could do. Instead, there's one or two guys on duty that day that are part of that committee. And you say, no, no, we just talked about this last week. So that's a great idea. It's spreading, spreading the wealth. And now just about somebody in every firehouse, or maybe two guys in every firehouse on each shift are part of that committee. So now there's always somebody on duty that's 
that's actively involved in training and, to, to, and can tell you what the last conversation was and what the new thing that they're ordering is instead of saying, yeah, we got a training officer, but we don't see him much and stuff. Because you know what? Because one guy really can't handle it for a, a multi-station yeah. fire department. It's a hard job. And one Not of the things that we've done that we found was putting some training off was these guys that have to come out, set up their own training, then do training, then clean up after themselves, and then go back to the firehouse. Training committee sets that stuff up for them. They come out, they pull hose, they do their forcible entry, they use the saws, they do whatever they got to do. Then they take off and the training committee's got their back. So they can go back to their day job. Nice. But, the you know, and I, I've heard you talk about this, Chief Salka, a bunch about, you know, and, and I, here's a, a, a huge difference that I've seen in the last, I don't know, I, probably five years, maybe a little bit longer, but I'll bet 90% of the candidates that come through, we interview for positions here, they bring up training. Like, you know, you when you give the question, hey, why, why Louisville? Why? Because we look for certified firefighters, but we say, why Louisville? And training is almost the first thing out of their mouth because you guys have a training field, but you also train, you know, it's, it's part of what you do every day. And, and I don't remember, certainly 10, 15 years ago, I don't remember hearing people respond that way. So I think the desire is out there that the, the people, the, the the troops that come in now are absolutely, you know, just clamoring to get uh, their their hands on that training. But the other thing, and, I, and I've heard Chief Salka talk about this a lot, that I don't even want to focus on, we're going to do this stuff at the drill field and, you know, we'll go through class A burn and we'll, We'll 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 have the forcible door prop and do a, a kind of a multi a multi step you know evolution of of let's say forcible entry or or vent enter search or whatever the case may be, but there's simple things. You know, Chief Salk has told that story of a of the the milk crate that's got all the different locks in it or or you know. Damn so sure. this morning I stopped at a station to talk to somebody. When I went in there, the uh, the engine crew was gone, the medic was there, and as I'm looking for someone. Uh, uh, one of our paramedics pops out the door and said, go ahead, what are you doing? Well, she's on YouTube in there because they've got a, a paramedic student with them. The paramedic student had a question about dopamine drips. And she said, man, I'm in here trying to refresh myself on these dopamine drips. And of course I started laughing because I was like, oh gosh, man, that's, you know, that's a dip way in the past of trying to figure that out. But, you know, she didn't, you know, I, I always used to laugh. My dad, when I'd ask him a question, he'd go, well, I don't know, look it up. That's what he'd always tell me. And, uh, you know, but she, he asked her a question and she went, you know what? I'm not as familiar. Like, I'm sure she could give him an answer. I'm sure that answer would have floated with that guy. And he's not going to fact check her necessarily. He was taking advantage of the fact that he had a preceptor there to ask a question. But she felt like I, I need to, like, I need to go back and revisit that. And so I think the, the, the idea of getting out there to train, the idea of getting out there and brushing up on stuff, it's simple. It can be, I mean, and, and everything shouldn't be simple, but man, you can maximize. If, if, if 15 minutes of, of every day that you could, you could, you know, just sit down and I'm going to focus on one thing. I'm going to pull this tool out. We're going to start it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to review what the, what the capacity of the, the lift capacity of the airbags or or, or whatever, whatever the case may be, right? Just review it. It's, it's shocking how much you retain from, from that sort of thing. And it can be that simple. The other point is, is that when you're doing those simple things, 
pass that, pass that around. Cause I know I don't like to hear from the same person all the time. So you tell a person just like you're talking about that training committee, Hey, next month, I want you to do something on this, right? So do your homework, get ready and, and, and put them out front and let them do it. And that's probably a lot what you do in the volunteer side of things, chief, right? Absolutely. It's funny. You should bring that up. And, and I'm thinking about it while you're talking right now, one of the young officers and, he, and he's a young guy and he's a great guy. I don't think we're going to have him for long. He's got a girlfriend and he just moved into her house in the town <laughs> next door. He makes the, he barely makes the runs now. And I think, I think he's got one foot out the door, but, but he came up with this idea and I wrote an article on it a couple of months back in firehouse uh, tool talk. And what he does is like some, some nights after the drill, whatever they did the drill on on Wednesday night, when they're all done, they pack everything up, clean up a little bit. And they say, okay, we're going to do tool talk guys. Everybody just heads out. Everybody just goes over to the rigs and everybody brings back, something so if there's eight or ten guys there now we get ten kids sitting in a circle that one guy's holding the halligan one guy's holding the radio one guy's holding you know all around go ahead tommy you start all right this is a halligan this is the fork end this is the ads end you know and and, and they go around the circle and they do it for about 40 minutes it, it it's fantastic and everybody gets a chance for 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 nine minutes or seven minutes to be a bit of an instructor and if he says something wrong the other guys jump right in no 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 that's Oh yeah, yeah, right. Okay, that's the convex. Yeah, and, and and it's a great learning experience for a bunch of young volunteer firefighters who are not career guys and probably never will be, and they're all in college, you know, studying something else. And I thought it was great. It's so good that I wrote the article about it. I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Well, that encouraged them too to be prepared next time. <laughs> they're going to go out and do some research on their time off, so then they that's come right. back. They go, "Did you know about this about the Halligan? And did you know this about the?" That's always good. The uh, Curtis, are you are you guys seeing that when you're because you're you're like us, so you're bringing certified people in. But even uh, I mean, is that a, is that something that's brought up a lot? Because I know you guys train a lot down there. So certainly for people that are interested in landing at a department that that trains a lot. But I mean, you're, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing that as well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean. A lot of the, the last 11 that came here, one of the big things was training. And it's such a part of our culture that everybody in the department from top to bottom understands that that's a priority here. Um, but I'm not one of these people that, that believes that you can only have academy people or you can only have, you know, I'm not against the dot commers. And I'm not, a, I think that sometimes you get people from academies and they weren't good academies. And you and I think in the past have talked about this. You get some guys from academies and the academy's not good. You got a lot of work to get all the bad habits out of people. So I'd much rather create them and teach them from the beginning, the pair lane way or the way we're going to do it, than I am having to unscrew them up from some academy that didn't put a lot well, into and, it. And Curtis, and, and, I, and I, I love when John brings up tool time, but you, you just hit on something that I think a lot of it before – a lot of people make assumptions and they stereotype people because of where they came or what school, you know. So, you know, the school that you and John Copeland and guys taught at forever, the candidates you pre, you produce at NTC, you know, North Texas Community, you know, NT, I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, yeah, that place. Um, the, the candidates you're producing there are incredible because of the instructors and the curriculum that that is that is taught there. And there are a lot of places out there that I think are just pushing people through, um, putting the stickers, you know, the stickers on their certifications, off they go. 
That was the difference between the Fire Service Institute at U of I that you and I taught for a few years and some other places that you, you, you can stand two firefighters next to each other. John has said this for years. John, John, you say it all the time. Like, we got all these certifications. We have the NFPA. Yet you stand 100 firefighters next to each other from 100 fire schools that have 100 different levels and talents. And it's not necessarily an individual skill thing because it is all the time. It's because of where they're taught. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Kurt, because there's some great places out there doing some great stuff. But there's some places that are, that are just, you know, so you almost have to do your own background check to find out where you somebody you hired. So where did they go to school? And you said it. Oh, man. They went through, remember Oakland's Fire Academy? Anybody went mm-hmm. to Oakland's Fire Academy back in the day was like the McCaffrey brothers from Backtrack. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were incredible. So I, thought I mean, look was, at Jimmy oh, McCormick's place, right? You tell me where you oh. can get better hands-on training than that. You know, and there's people out there that badmouth that place because it's not certified, it's not endorsed, it's not government, it's not association-driven. And, 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 and I've been there, and I've been there. So you, you could spend the rest of the day trying to convince me otherwise. I have never seen such quality training as i've seen there you know what i'm saying oh it's too bad you got to go to see jimmy mccormick to get that you know <laughs> well and we and we see that um you know all of us we see we see that at, at fdic the incredible greatest conference and, and being an advisory board member one of the tough things is when you review a program and you look at a title you go this looks like it's going to be awesome john, john you and i did that for years all right kurt you were there terry and you go, God, this, you know what? This looks like a great class. I think I'd sit through it. And then you get there and you go, this guy didn't even talk. It's not even, I don't know what class he's teaching, but it's not the title he put in his course description. And you, it's almost like you were lied to. And I think there's a lot of places out there sometimes that put out, you know, you know, this and that, so and so forth. and don't live up to what they're saying they're doing. Jimmy McCormick does a great job. There's, there's places like that all over the country, FDIC. But sometimes, sometimes you go, you, know, you get a dud. If you just get somebody that doesn't spend the time with them, you hear me talk about it. I think every firefighter should be taught the very first day in the academy about our history, why we even exist in the first place, why we're even here. It makes everything else easier if they know what, what it is. And then they, and Jack McCasson, Kurt, you remember Big Mac, he, he taught me when I was 18 years old, you want to be a great fireman, Rick, you got to know building. He did with his strings, you got to know building construction and fire behavior. You know, you got to know what the buildings, how the buildings react to the fire, fires react to the building. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of ducks wandering around a thunderstorm, hoping it happens for the right, the right reasons. So, you know, there's quality out there and there's some, you know, but again, I'm excited that you're seeing so many different people out there doing hands-on training again. I mean, again, stretching hose and forcing doors and the tools and the ideas and the things that, We've got this mechanism in front of us now called social media. John, you and I were looking at pictures the other, the other night. You know what they do with the hat with the uh, the Halligan hook. You know, you know, on the end so oh, they the can stick it the in ladder, the ladder through the rung. The hook through the rung. Yeah. So they can stand on it when they step up. And, and remember the other day we, we were just on a trip, obviously two days together. Remember the other thing I showed you, like on Facebook, which I'm on. You know, maybe once or twice a day I flip through. And you see all these ads coming up for these little conferences, you know, the, the, the South Carolina, whatever conference, the, uh, you know, the force Bletchley conference, you know, it made not, nice flyers with guys named, you know, John Norman was headlining one of them and it was six or eight or 10 of Dina Alley and a bunch of other people. And I think there is a new generation of people out there. Cause we, we were saying that a couple of years ago, Holy shit, look at the lineup at FDIC and firehouse all retired, 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 retired. I said, what's going to happen here. And before you know it, almost like they heard us, 
also this new generation of guys, young captains and lieutenants from Hartford and, and Boston and New York and Dallas now emerging. And a lot of them are running hands-on all over the country, running these small, not small conferences, but regional conferences, you know? So it, it's sort of contrary to what I said before, that you got to pull teeth to get people to train, but at least that element of training, the outside private guys that are running seminars and conferences, that seems to be really picking up a lot, more than it was oh, years pick, ago. Picking up big time. And Terry, you... You, you've, how many, I mean, you think about how many graduates from NCTC, Fire Academy, either you put them through or you've hired, that's the school they went to. And, and I, I know Curtis knows, I, I, I asked Curtis the same question. What do you think is the success behind that training entity, that academy, in, in the way they produce firefighters? I, besides John Copeland, our favorite, runs the PT and is like the senior firefighter everybody there. What do you think is one of the keys of their success at producing the great candidates they do out of that academy? I mean, for me, I think it's the quality of the people that are teaching up there. And, and we've got a number of our uh, firefighters that work there in Flower Mound. So it's, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's local guys that teach there. Um, but, I, I, and, you know, here's the other thing that I think is really important. John runs a, a very, you know, he, he, his, his role in that academy is extremely important, right? And so, but I do feel like the instructors are, they're approachable. They genuinely concern uh, or, or are concerned about what they're doing and, and the responsibility they have in teaching these, these, these recruits. And I think that is a difference. It's not a, it's not a, like a, a puppy mill where they're just churning out numbers. And so when you watch, like they train at our field all the time. And when you go down there, uh, there, it's just a, it's, I don't know, it's a different learning environment. It's not, it's not a, a boot camp kind of Marine Corps. We're going to beat you down. There's a little bit of element to that, to, to, to toughen people up and stuff. And, and there's a place for that. But really when it comes to teaching people and, and to, to, to the instruction part of it, I think the, the overall environment within that program it's they use the word comfortable, but it's 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 conducive to learning. And I think the results prove prove themselves. I think that's you named it on the head. I mean, I taught there for a lot of years and did a lot with the high school program and stuff. And it that was always it. It was taking care of the students and it was producing good product. All the instructors there threw their egos out, didn't care what their ranks were, didn't care who they were, didn't care what they did. At the end of the day, you could have somebody like me who was a fire chief teaching a high school program, but I was there for those kids. And it was the same when I'd go and teach an adult class. We wanted those guys to succeed. You know, if somebody was having problems, something you'd see us stay till 10 or 11 at night to help them. You know, if somebody couldn't throw a 24, we sat and helped and worked at them because we wanted them to succeed. And some of it may have been deep, dark, selfish because we wanted these people to come work on our jobs. But I knew Louisville was going to hire some. I knew Flower Mountain was going to get some. But I wanted these folks to succeed and to be a good, to be good in the fire service and to have a lifelong career and not be a burden on everybody. You well, know, Chris, I, I, yeah, you, one of the things Rick used to tell me, let's not create 20-year problems. I guess the first yeah. Well, and one of the things you just said reminded me of something, Kurt. When we were interviewing Sarah at Trophy Club, one of your candidates there, and said, what was the most you know, dramatic thing that occurred with you in the academy and so on and so forth? She said that when I started there, I, I at first was having a hard time with the PT, with the, with the push-up. She says, and my entire class wouldn't let me not finish. 
we finished together and, and, and she was the whole class and shit. And what was kind of cool was when she went to do her physical, she outperformed all the other 29 males <laughs> when we went to put her through it. And the success of just that feat by the entire cat, and that didn't happen on accident. That happened because of the culture that you guys promoted there. She said that was one of the great, I was never allowed to not finish, you know. And, and John, it's, it's similar to the FDNY, when a probie starts, talk about that, where comes the training and why we train. Explain what happens when the probie walks in the door for the first time. And you, know, you and I joke about how when Dean says they're fighting over, when he, Dean Felpach went rode out with you, he's like, the guys are fighting over who gets the, the probie next. They, they each have something special. Talk about how important that is in the FDNY for breaking into the new guy to train them right from the moment they walk in the firehouse. Yeah, I, I got to believe that that's the same everywhere. I got to believe in Louisville or Flower Mound or, or Pearland or anywhere else. Guys get excited when a new guy or a new gal coming in. There's a new firefighter coming in, a new recruit. I think the whole shift is all pumped up and ready to go. And guys are, I think guys are looking better and dressing better and not laying on a couch and, and saying, oh, let's go outside and look at some tools and stuff like that. I always thought getting probies, when I was a captain of 48, getting probies was always a highlight. I loved it. And, you know, some guys thought, oh, now we got this probie. But most guys were like, wow, we got a probie coming. And look, look at the guy 75 got. We got the, we got the better guy, you know. And everybody just lightens up and starts becoming an instructor and a, an advisor and, a, you know, giving the guy tips and stuff. So I don't, I don't think it's FDNY driven. What I do like about the FDNY, and they still do it, which is amazing, because I guess lots of places do this. They start programs or they start initiatives, and then sometimes they – Sometimes they wear them out or sometimes they just slow down and disappear without actually anybody saying we don't do that anymore, you know, but they started doing that training notebook. You know, I'm sure you're all familiar with the training notebook. I still think that is one of the best things they ever did. They, they get that composition notebook when they leave the rock and there's, you know, it, it's, it's a page or two of instructions. It's not real technical on what they have to do and how often they have to make entries and what it has to include and how frequently their company officer has to take a quick review and take a mark and how they, they used to come up to the office for the chief's mark once in a, like once a month or something like that. And I thought that was one of the best things and they still do that. And these probies, you know, keep their nose in that book and they're always making entries and it's just, and, and it, it's within and what the happens to that book. What, what happens to that book when they're done? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't just stay in the firehouse. It's not like, okay, your year is over, put your book away. When the year is over, those books get collected. They get sent to the division of training. There's somebody down there that reviews them and they actually rate them. And you know what? The guy who gets the the best book in each class, they say, this is absolutely the best training notebook. It, if he's not happy where he is, they transfer him wherever he wants to go. That That's the reward. That's a, that's a pretty cool little thing that they do there because obviously where you work is a big deal in, in, a, in a big job or any job, really. You want to be in a good place, right? And I remember chasing the guy around when I was a young battalion chief, a, a young firefighter who ended up being and he still is in the union, but I remember chasing him around for his damn training notebook. And he was just, you know, one day he didn't have it. The next day he said, Oh, I left it at my firehouse. I'm detailed today, but forget the negative part, but the positive part was great. And people ask us sometimes when we're doing a company officer Academy and they start talking about the, you know, the probies new day, people ask us all the time about that. I thought it was a great concept. I don't know who came up with it. It's gotta be at least 20 years old now. Well, and I want to go back to one more thing too, John, when you talk about the enthusiasm, um, is is Curtis talk about Tommy Shervino and John? You remember Tommy? I, I used to talk about um, my I, saw. I, I used to well, my saw. I used to talk about. I used to talk about how I used to love at FDIC watching the students 
they just they just lit up around Tommy. There's pictures of Tommy. He was a ball of Italian energy. He would stand there, and, and remember John, and remember Curtis. You'd see these young guys who just like they were hanging on every word. His enthusiasm, his his mechanism of of sending a message was incredible. And I think that goes back to a lot of what Terry said is about the individuals that you know, um, you know. I mean, the, the individuals that you have teaching the program have a lot to do with that. And that's the unfortunate part about some fire departments, particularly smaller departments, the newly promoted captain, okay, you got training now. And then that guy gets to get out of training and he gets to go back to the real fire department. And then he stays, he's like, oh, is anybody else getting promoted? Yeah, I think in about six months now, I got to get promoted. And then you're the training officer now because you're the newest promotee. And it's sort of like, it's almost like a damn punishment. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's oh. I don't know how to fix that because I don't have a better idea. So I hate to criticize without without a better idea, but sometimes that's hard. You put the guy that at least wants to be there, you know, in the spot. You know, it's hard. Oh, I mean, exactly, Curtis. What were some of your favorite memories? Uh, you know, all the years teaching at U of I, um, we started out when we were very young together and worked up through the years. Some some of the favorite memories that that you you go back to when you think about the guys like Eddie Enright, Tom Freeman, Jack McCaffson, Ray Hoff, and the guys that their whole life was about training. That, that, that was their whole, that they got up in the morning. Everything was about teaching, mentoring, training, making a difference in people's lives. I, I just, I, I still, it still makes me feel good when I think about those guys. Some of those guys, I mean, even the, to this day, I, I still think about them a lot. And I was just talking to my son who's getting out of the, trying to get in the job. He's in EMT school now, but I remember when I was an explorer, and I, you know, Greg Fisher, big yeah. FSI was teaching live burns for FDIC for many years. He's my explorer boss. And we would get to go burn down at the academy and light fires for everybody in Stoke Fork. I don't know if you remember Spike Weber. He was a captain and later chief from Champaign. And this guy, talk about command presence. When he walked anywhere, the world split and the oceans changed and the clouds cleared. But I remember lighting fires there, and I was just sitting there looking at it, and he goes, kid, the most important thing you can do is learn how that fire wants to breathe and move. And he would sit there with me, and we'd sit there on the second floor at the U of I in the tower, and we'd go, watch. I'm going to open this door, and I want you to – and he would teach me, and he would just sit there, this little – I was nothing but a snot-nosed, you know, explorer scout, and he's sitting there teaching me fire behavior and building construction <laughs> – and here is a, the most known captain in Champaign and those guys, but Eddie Enright would do the same thing and Mac and all those guys would just sit there and give you time and make each individual feel important and want you to be better in your job. And it was something that were life lessons that we would learn just by 15 minutes. Watch what happens. This is back when we could throw diesel fuel and, and asphalt shingles on the fire. But he goes, watch what happens when I do this. And like, Okay. And, okay. you know, it was just stuff like that, that 38 years later, I still remember as plain as it was, but it, it's directed me all through my career and the way I do it. And that's why I'm so passionate about training. Those guys and took they, time and, to sit there and work with us. And just being around them, they made you want to be oh. better. They made you want to be better. Just sit well, in the back let, and listen to them. Let's, you know what, exactly. And, and, and I'm picturing that building as you're talking. Um, Let's do this as, as we start to close things out. Let's kind of go run around the room if we will. Um, Terry, we, we talked about this, you know, the title, you know, why we train, you know, um, you know, this is an occupation that doesn't allow, in fact, very few do-overs and uh, it's pretty serious what we do. 
summarize your thoughts, buddy. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about some of you probably already said, but, uh, you know, send that message out to the troops about why we train, dude. Well, I think, um, you know, I, I'm constantly reminded in this agency of, of Andy Allison, right? And, and that's a day, that's a really, really bad day. It's a bad day for the organization, and it's a tremendously bad day for an individual that I care for a great deal and, and his family. And, you know, in, in that particular instance, if I replay that day and think of what could have we done different, what, what you know, changes that were made or, or whatever, and, and I don't don't have a perfect answer to, to, to fix that day. I do think it is our responsibility to take that bad moment and be better for it and, and use that to, to get better. And so I roll that into every single thing that, that I think we should be doing around here, making sure we're focusing on the right things. And, um, and you know, this idea about you have to be really, really, really good at what you do. This job has a high price of failure. And, and by failure, it can be it can be within your control or in the in the incidents control, or oftentimes it's completely out of anyone's control. It just it's part of doing business in this world. And so just like your protective clothing and your air pack and checking your equipment and, and being proficient at what you do and understanding the you talk about fire behavior, let's talk about familiarization with equipment, let's talk about uh, understanding reading smoke and there's a million things but you know at, at FDIC last year I sat in in a in one of those classes and and this has been talked about before but I look over you know three rows to my right is is Bill Gustin with a notepad in his lap and he's listening to a dude who who who's talking about I don't know townhome fires or something I don't know what city he's from never heard of it I don't know who the guy is I didn't go in there because that was a big name person who published a book writing uh, or teaching a class. Bill not only is in there with his glasses on, like writing, like I'd be scared to death if I'm the instructor up there, like, please, God, don't ask me a question because <laughs> I can't, I can't, write. He's writing notes and, and he's asking questions and throwing out, I mean, it's, hey, don't ever let that escape. You aren't too big for that ever. And, and from the very first person that we have to the most senior guy in your department, I've got every day I'm reading these things, man, just, and, and, and I'll read and make five notes. And then I'm going to go out for the day. I'm going to run into somebody go, Hey, I'm reading this thing in here about drafting and, and Hey, refresh me again. What do we, you know, that sort of thing. It, you got to be curious. You got to be willing and able and, and ready to learn. And, and, and that's why you're doing this. And that's awesome. And I love you said that because I know he's our good buddy. And my best friend John Salka, but I loved all the posts I saw from Teeks. You know, same thing. They're like, I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting at Teeks and Leadership you know, Conference in Frisco, Texas, and Chief John Salka's in the front row taking notes. Um, and and I just say, you know, what we always talk about is the day you stop learning is the day you need to stop. You know, you need to leave the fire service. You know, we learn something every single day about this job, and it's impossible. It's impossible. You have to actually work hard to not be interested in the job nowadays. It's, it's true, John. Summary, buddy. Why, why are we trained, buddy? Why? You know, I'll try to make it quick, but it's hard because there's so many things going on in training. It's so complex. We already talked about, you know, the outside stuff, the seminars, privately run, local seminars, regional seminars, and 
guys that are running their own little training companies and stuff. And it's, it's quality stuff and it's great stuff, but everybody can't afford to travel and, and pay and, and be there and take days off. So, so that's limited to some degree. And then, uh, you know, even, even going to the big shows like FDIC, Firehouse Expo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Again, there's a limit to that. Everybody's resources are limited. Department's resources are limited. And hiring guys like, like us or anybody else to come in, again, there's a limit to that. So it always comes back. For me, for me, it always comes back. And I remember the 18th Battalion. I mean, I, thank God I worked there for 17 years before I retired. It always comes back to the, to the officers in the fire company, whether you're in a little volunteer fire department that does 200 calls a year, or whether you're in a 48 engine that does 6,000 runs a year. It comes down to the company offices. And by golly, if you don't want to train, if you don't want to get out of your seat and go downstairs and take out that, like you said, that that, that notebook full of locks and, and things like, if you don't want to pull a saw out and, and explain what the difference is between the carbide tip blade and the metal cutting blade and the, and the if you don't want to do that, you shouldn't be riding in the front seat. It, it does really come back for me to, to a company officer. They really are at the center. They're the hub of training. And if you've got good company officers, you're going to have good companies. And I always told young company officers, whether it was with our program or just teaching guys, nobody benefits more from training than the company officer riding in the front seat with those guys in the back. You know, they, they train their own crew and they're riding around thinking, you know what, we're ready to go. We'll, we'll take that in 48th available, you know, because they know they got a good crew. And there's guys riding around knowing that, that the guys behind them just know how to play cards or, or watch, you know, professional bull riding, which I love. But it's just, you know, it's the company officer's job. And, and, you know, we started with my quote, we'll end with my quote. If company officers are not doing training every time they're on duty, working in the firehouse, career company officers, volunteers as well, but, but, I'll, but I'll make a point to say career, career company officers, if you're on duty and you're not training every time you park your car in that parking lot, you're not doing your job. You are not doing your job. You may, I don't even think you deserve to be there, really, you know? Well, and like I said, you know, and we're this circle that we're of us that we're talking about are obviously big believers. And the people that are watching the show and they'll watch it later, I think are also they would be watching it if they weren't dialed in and they weren't into the job. Um, I think I think we need to step up our end and push more people and be that advocate for training, um, to be that energy, to be that um, uh, that adrenaline who's the monster drink if you will, for your for your guys, your volunteer, your crew department when it comes to getting that stuff out there and training people. And, and I love, John, how you throw the responsibility right there, like squarely on the shoulders of the company officer. Do your job, man. Get out and train your people. Get out and train your people. Curtis, closing thoughts? I just think that all this is great. And one of the things I just think is just, we talk about brotherhood. We talk about sisterhood. Training is about getting you home, but it's also about getting them home. You know? That company officer ain't worth the crap if his nozzle man can't get the nozzle to the fire. And so Absolutely. everybody that goes on a fire with you depends on your training. And I've, I've said it for years. I'll just close with every day is a training day. Every day is a training day. Every opportunity that you take is, a, is an opportunity to train, whether it's coming back from a run in the rig, talking about whether it's five minutes, a tabletop in the training room, at your kitchen table, on drill night or whatever. Um, never waste a moment when it comes to, you know, working hard to, and some of us ain't working hard, just, you know what, devote some time, some minutes to making your people feel uh, better about what they're doing. And the ultimate result is that they will be better. So, but hey, um, first of all, before we sign off here, I want to go around and answer with the contact information. I just want to apologize for all the noise. I never realized as many times I flew through the Cleveland International Airport how busy. 
Cleveland is. Um, it is a it is a it's a busy airport. I'm just glad I'm going to be getting on the airplane here finally after my buddy John and I got up at three in the morning so he could get home and, and, and plow snow. But uh, John, if they want to get a hold of you, best email, buddy. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. Perfect, perfect. Curtis? Cbert at me.com. My, my brother from another mother, Terry? T. McGrath at cityoflewisville.com. Outstanding. And if they want any information in the future on the All Saws program, uh, do they wait to see that posted or is there someone they can talk to that can say we do it every year this time, look for it? Or what's the best way to find get information for it? Yeah, I think probably the easiest, simplest thing to do is just just uh, contact me, and then if if you've got questions, if it's something I can't answer, I'll I'll uh, I'll push it on down to uh, Seth Taylor or something like that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And I'm at chieflaskygmail.com, and thank you once again for uh, joining us and, and pushing out the, the, the messages. We hope you're doing that uh, we can make the fire services that much better. We're hoping we get to see an FDIC if you're there. Please hang out Wednesday right at the end of the day uh, for the memorial to an incredible man, uh, incredible person, father, friend, mentor. Um, you can use it all with this guy, Chief Bobby Halton. Uh, he'll, here's a guy that will never be forgotten. Uh, we always ask you at the end of our show to please keep the men and women in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. Remember this, please. Never forgetting means just that. Never forgetting, and we'll see you next time. Be safe.